This is the Legacy Lineup. I'm your host, Ren Lawwell. My co-host is Jimmy Barnett. And we're back for another episode here tonight on our second second episode on YouTube. Um, the first episode we posted was a couple weeks ago, but um, finally getting back in the swing of things here. And tonight we have a special guest joining us, Mr. Neil Decker, who will be on in a little bit. Um, I will bring him in here shortly. He's uh, going to join us via Zoom, so uh, we'll have an opportunity to interview him and talk about some things that he's went through and and where he is now, which is uh, Legends Barbershop, his business that he owns in Greenfield, Ohio. So uh, excited about that, and uh, he'll be on in just a little bit. Uh, but for now, Jimmy and I are here, uh, and Jimmy, we're back for another episode again. You know, we do these, and we always try and think of things to talk about. <laughs> it becomes difficult time after time, but uh, I know that one thing that you were excited about um, was the Super Bowl and the result of the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, falling in that game. Some questionable calls on both sides, but the, the end result is the L.A. Rams are Super Bowl champs. So uh, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? I know you just discussed this actually on the Fantasy Football Perspective with Lucas Polly on YouTube. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, check it out. But what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl, Jim? Yeah, I mean, like like you said, it was it happened how I wanted it to. But there were questionable calls both ways. Um, you could have went, you know, either. I mean, the Bengals got a free touchdown out of the deal. Um but there were bad calls at the end of the game that, you know, basically they determined the outcome. I mean, there's no question about that, but I'm happy with it. Um, I think uh, it always sucks when football season ends. For for me, I enjoy Dynasty, the Dynasty League that I've been in for a couple of years. Um, I know you and I used to play fantasy a lot. I, I just enjoy that part of it because I feel like I'm involved and I have a, like, purpose. <laughs> I know that sounds funny to probably some people, but to me it's a good time. Um, but yeah, it sucks. Football's over. I mean, now it's kind of that offseason stuff. Like, where's the big name quarterbacks going in the NFL? Uh, who who are the Steelers and the Eagles, Browns, Bengals? Who are they going to draft? Um, all the team needs and stuff. We get into the draft a little bit, so we'll have an episode on that again. Yep. Um, and then you know, Buckeye football. I mean, recruiting. I mean, you know, there's been some things going on there. Uh, so just you know, it sucks. Football's over, but then there's the fun stuff afterwards. So we'll look forward to that. Well, I would, and I would argue that this is probably uh, the time of the year where the most information is available to talk about um, with like the draft, the combine, um, all those things happening, uh, you know, aside from the season actually happening, uh, this time of year is pretty, you know, uh, th- th- there's no shortage of information to discuss. So we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about in regards to football, um, but also baseball, um, which I know that currently there's a uh, lockout going on. Um, so the Players Union and Major League Baseball are struggling to come to a agreement at this point. So we may not have baseball starting here at the end of March like we're accustomed to. So what are your thoughts on that, Jim? I know you're upset yeah, about it. Put, yeah, they pushed spring, spring training back a week. That, I mean, spring training is what it is. I mean, I, I think they probably play a little bit too many games anyways. Um, but, you know, a lot of these guys are getting in shape outside of baseball. But getting in baseball shape at the professional level might not seem like a lot, but you've been around the game, you know, you know, you can't just tune your arm up to 95 miles per hour and go. Um, it right. doesn't work like that for pitchers. They're the ones that need it the most as the pitchers. Um, and then, you know, just seeing the ball at the plate for the batters. But I think uh, hopefully they can come to an agreement. I know that if they – I thought it was – is it this upcoming Monday or maybe it was this last Monday? Like, if they don't get it by this upcoming Monday, I think opening day is going to be pushed back. So – that will upset me because Molly and I talked today. I think we're going to try to go. 
Um, you know, that's always been a tradition of my family's opening day. I'd like to actually have an episode around that uh, opening days in baseball. I think it's a, it's a fun thing. Um, if you've never experienced it for people listening, it's, it really is a fun thing. It's something my dad and I did as I grew up. Um, and I want to do it with my son Jackson. So I think it's definitely fun. Um, obviously I'm going to wait till he's a few years older. so He understands a little more, but yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know, man, baseball, it's one of those things like it's, it's, I hate it because it's a, I love the game, but it's a dying sport to a lot of people, not to me specifically, but to a lot of people, it's a dying sport. And this is doing nothing but hurting it for the fans that are still there. Um, you know, so baseball has got to do a lot of things. They need to quit trying to change the game so much and get back to their roots. And, you know, maybe people will be interested again. I think they're just trying to change too much. Yeah. Cause like for me who, you know, got out of it for a long time uh, and then recently got back into it with you, um, you know, these changes are kind of, they're kind of off-putting, you know, they kind of give you a bad vibe about the game. You know what I mean? I mean, we saw some changes that I thought were, were, you know, good changes like the DH across both leagues. I think that's personally, I think that's a good change because it, I think it's an advantage for both leagues. Um, but you know, like starting extra innings with a runner on second, like that just, it, that's not the game of baseball. Like that's not, it almost it, like digs into the integrity of the game in my opinion. So I, I don't, I don't get those changes. I know they're trying to shorten games because they think, and, and I, I will admit, you know, I think the 162 games is a long season. That could be cut down. You know, we could cut that down to 100 games maybe or 130 games, something like that, so that you, you know, keep the interest of fans who don't want to watch baseball all the way up to October. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this lockout, we'll see how far it goes. Um, I would be interested to see if it goes into March, like late March. We're, we're going to be looking at no, no opening day, and how long will it go at that point? Are they going to keep it, you know, we're going to get into April? We're going to get into May? I mean, who knows how long it could go at that point? I mean, they've had them before, and the last year there was a lockout. The Reds won the World Series, so. We'll see what Senior happens. Open. Um, I think it was 90, I think, 1990. Well, you did um, You did say on the last uh, last episode, I think, that uh, Bearcats go to the college football playoffs, Bengals go to the Super Bowl. So maybe this is the year of the natty. We'll see. What do you think? It might be fate, man. It might be fate. I don't know. I, I Don't quote me on that, but I think 90 was the last one. Maybe it was 95. Um, I think it was 95. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you, man. Changing the game, like the uh, – Runner on second thing was stupid. I, I I don't know that they're doing that again. I actually I think it was ninety. I think it was ninety because, well maybe maybe you're maybe I'm wrong. But I I just remember because I was born in 1990. The Reds won the World Series. Bowen was born in 2018. The Eagles won the Super Bowl, and Hayes was born in 2021. And Shawnee State Bears won the national championship in basketball. So, yeah, that's crazy. That all my really kids, myself and my kids, every year we've been born, there's been a championship for one of my teams. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so, but like I said, we're going to have an, a guest on tonight, Neil Decker. Um, he is a local barber in Greenfield. Uh, he has his own business called Legends Barbershop. Um, and he's, a, he's been a lifelong Greenfield resident. Um, and I'm gonna get, we're going to get him on here and we're going to talk to him kind of about, you know, his story of, of growing up in Greenfield, um, you know, some of the sports he played in high school, and then what kind of led him to uh, joining the field of, you know, becoming a barber, you know, what, what, what was it that, that made him decide that was the career path that uh, he wanted to take. So he is in the waiting room. I'm going to get him on this, this zoom meeting real fast and we'll get him uh, going here with the interview. So hopefully he's able to, to get in. Hopefully he's at his chair ready. Yeah. He's in the, he's in the shop. I believe he's in the shop. Oh no, it's Neil B. 
You might need to turn your camera. You're kind of, and turn your mic on. You're muted. There you go. You got to unmute your microphone as well, Neil. Hey. Do this. <laughs> we can hear you, yeah. What's up, dog? How's it going? So, Neil Decker. Neil Decker. Where's Stimpy at? Yeah, well, you know, he, he wasn't able to join us tonight. There's an e I have an echo from your shop. You might have to turn oh, something. I got I'm on Bluetooth. I got you on my speaker up there. Yeah, you might have to turn that off. Oh, gosh. You know how hard that's going to be? Hold on a second. Let me see if I can. <laughs> I hope I don't lose you. You're still there. You're still there. There, is that better? Yep, 100% oh, better. 100% better. There so, we go, that's better. So Neil Decker, barber extraordinaire, joining us tonight. Uh, we just kind of wanted to go into the story of Neil, you know, the story of how you, where you grew up, um, how you decided to go on the path that you, you chose in, in barber school, uh, and just give you an opportunity to talk about yourself, a, a local Greenfield oh, resident. Oh, he's cutting out. Yeah, turn your mic back on. You got Are my it? Bluetooth back on? No, you're good. Can you hear me? Barely. Talk louder, Ren. I'm talking as loud as I can. <laughs> you good? You keep turning your camera off. Have you never been on a Zoom meeting before, Neil? Turn your mic back on. You're muted again. <laughs> there's a first for everything. There we go. There's Jim. Are you good now? Yeah, we're good. Let's do this thing. My goodness. So I, like I was saying, Neil, before I was interrupted 17 times, um, we just want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself, you know, kind of how you grew up, um, what made you decide to go down the career path that you chose uh, with Barber School, uh, opening your business, all that stuff. Uh, and we'll cover all that. But I kind of just wanted to start with you growing up in Greenfield. So like, what was that like for you as a kid growing up in Greenfield? Oh, man. Whew. So obviously in the early years, man, you had your you had your buddies that you grew up with, went to school with every day, played little league ball with, um, and those were your guys every day, man. Like every summer, you met up with them on your bikes, went and played ball, went and played pickup football, all that stuff. Um, and that's something that I don't think really happens much anymore. I think that's something that's really lost its lost its appeal um, as the years went by, but. Man, I, I wish kids today could go back to that era and live like we did back then because it truly was amazing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it, I guess it was kind of a long time ago, but uh, don't it, feel like it was that long ago. It wasn't. It was uh, only like, what, 12, 15 years ago? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I'm talking little kids. Okay, like so 20 years ago? So, like 20 years ago. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, man, like – that was that's kind of what shaped and molded me like i was always a very outgoing person so you know if there was one buddy that i couldn't hang out with that was doing something you'd go to the other end of town and hook up with another buddy and find something else to do so um i think that's what kind of started me out into like being kind of an outgoing person um then as you know progressed into the junior high days and um stuff like that I, my house growing up my house was kind of like the party spot, really. Yeah. I had an older brother, older sister. And, uh, I mean, I had some cool-ass parents that let me do kind of whatever I wanted to do. So, I mean, I knew 
everybody from kind of the roughnecks to the preppy kids, the jocks, all this and that. And uh, I mean, they were always at my house. So it was, it was awesome. I had guys that were older that were teaching me things I probably shouldn't have been getting taught. I had people that were like your cousin, uh, Haynes. I had him teach me Like he was a good role model. I had some guys that I probably shouldn't listen to, but they had, you know, I had a lot of fun with them. And uh, yeah, they kind of shaped and molded me into the person that I am today, really. Like all those experiences, um, that was Greenfield for me, man. Like it's small town living. It's it's got its politics, like everywhere else. But I, I want to change it for the work for the world, man. I, mean, I love this place. Jimmy is also a uh, Greenfield resident who grew up in Greenfield and currently lives in Greenfield. So I think you two kind of share that same love and appreciation for Greenfield, Jimmy. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, man, I'm I'm the same. I have the same thoughts as Neil. I mean, I love this place. Um, I've lived in the city. I hated it. I like. I always tell people I like to go ten miles in ten minutes, not ten miles in an hour. Um, when I'm trying to go somewhere, I, I cannot stand that. So, for me, Greenfield's home, man. It always is going to be, and I hope I'm here for a long time. Yeah, I was, I was just telling somebody that here at shop the other day. We were talking about kind of living in Greenfield, and I was like, really, if you need anything. You're 15 minutes away. We need to go get groceries. You got courthouse 15 minutes. You got Hillsborough 15 minutes. You got Chill Coffee 25 minutes. So if you want to go out and do something, get a fancy dinner. You got Dayton hour away, Columbus hour away, Cincinnati hour away. We're all. I mean, we're a centrally located area. That is. I mean, it's great. You got the small town vibe. You got all the small town feel. But if you want to go somewhere, you don't have to travel super far, super far to get there. We got everything nearby. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Come to Greenfield. <laughs> so we talked about your uh, kind of childhood experience growing up. You played sports in high school. Uh, played three sports, I believe. I participated. You played... I participated. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> you, you played three sports. You played basketball, football, and baseball, right? Uh, track my senior year. I, I gave up. So my junior year, <laughs> didn't play anything springtime. Just took that why, springtime off. Why was that, Neil? I don't know. I think I think me and my girlfriend broke up at the time. So oh. just why well, you got to bring up old stuff, man? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> trying to bring it. I I thought it was because in baseball you were on JV as a junior. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! I was Rins behind some talented hate. players. I was behind some talented players. Um, no, honestly, to be completely honest with you, I love baseball. I couldn't hit, though. I sucked at hitting the baseball. I could field the ball like the best of them, but I couldn't hit to save my life. Yeah, I think my batting average in, like, Little League at one season was, like, zero. I was terrible. <laughs> um, but, no, after uh, sophomore year, um, my junior year, uh, I came out of basketball and just didn't want to do anything. And then senior year, I was like, I'm going to give this track thing a try. And I wish I would have ran track all four years because it was amazing. I love I love track, but – but anyways, go but you, on. But sir. you were you were always pretty athletic, and you you did excel. You did excel at football, I believe. I mean, I thought, you know, I you were a senior when I was a sophomore, um, but one of the better players in the area at the time. And I actually have some proof here. I'll see if you can. I'm going to throw this up here. We'll see how this goes. But uh, let's see. I don't know if you can see this, Neil. But I'm going to throw something on the screen real fast. All right. If it'll pop up. No, oh, not this one. Hold on. I feel like I know where you're going with this. This is my favorite of all time, Neil Decker highlight. <laughs> That's against Washington Courthouse senior year, right? 
Yeah, I don't see it, but I know which one you're talking about. Probably. Yeah, I think I sent it to you the other day. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you were you were a very good wide receiver, um, and I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't want to say anything that's gonna offend anybody, but the quarterback position for us at that time was maybe not you know where it should have been, but you still excelled. So what 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 were the reasons that you feel like you excelled at that position? I know you had one uh, route, right? You only had one well, route. I'll answer that. But first, I got to talk about that clip. Yeah. Um, if you look at that clip again, if you look on the sideline, like in the stands, right along the fence line, there was about 10 of my classmates that were all decked out, painted head to toe because that was a homecoming game. And you can see them in the in the video jumping up and down when I caught that ball. And that kind of goes back to the, you know, the small town vibe. Like, that's all. that was awesome. I mean, if we could have had that – People, if there's anybody in school watching right now, student section, stuff like that, the players love that. Like, right. do that more often. Paint yourselves. Go to games. Cheer them on. Even if you don't like sports but you have a buddy that's on the, on the field, go cheer for it. I mean, that is – that changes the whole atmosphere of everything when it comes to sports is the fans. And that was – that one moment right there, I think about that every time I see that clip. It was so amazing. But, anyways, I would make note of that. But – um. Honestly, like going back to kind of how I excelled or whatever, like what I mentioned earlier, like my house was kind of a, a party spot growing up and I probably could have went down a, a wrong path if I wanted to, but sports was something that always kept me grounded. And uh, I think that's why I, I enjoyed it. And I always tried to strive to be better at it and be good at it and spent a lot of time and attention to it um, was for that reason. It kind of, it kind of led me into a positive direction. Um, as far as being good at football, I mean, I, don't, I think it's just, I think just years of growing up, playing backyard football, stuff like that, and just playing at recess, playing with buddies, it just blossomed into um, where it did with the career that I had. Um, it was kind of funny that you mentioned, you know, the quarterback position and stuff like that. Like, I remember after senior year, um, during the award ceremony, Coach Clawson actually said something about me making like something like making circus catches or something like that. And that's pretty much what majority of the time had to be was some just pulling, pulling stuff out of the air and hoping I can hold on to it. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I don't know if it was really, I don't, I don't know what it could have been, what pinpointed it, I guess just, uh, just happened, I guess. I don't know, man. I, I wish I could go back and do it again. Honestly. I mean, I didn't take it serious, and I tried to go play after high school, and I did, and it was fun. I had a great time. I, I feel like I could have been successful at the small college next level. Um, granted, I didn't have the right mindset going into it with being away from parents for the first time and party and stuff like that. But um, when I got to college, I really – you could really see the transition from going from high school sports to college sports. I mean, when we had – when we were in high school, we had sports It was like – our, our play calls were pro right 81 quick fade. Simple. It's like, okay. Yeah. Simple. Defense, you're like, all right, we'll cover three. Like, you, I played cover three. That was it. I backed quarterback snap the ball. I backed that. Made sure nobody got behind me. When you get to the college level, you, you're doing rolls, you're doing blitzes, you're doing cloud coverage, all this stuff. And you're just like, what in the world? So, like, if, if somebody's trying to get to the next level to play sports to the next level after high school, um, one, I would say weight room, 
hit the freaking weight room hard. That's one thing I never done and I wish I could go back and do. And then study, study tape, study play calls, study stuff like that, because you don't want to get there. I, I spent the first I see what's still going on. I was still trying to figure out plays and formations. So try to learn that the best you can. Um, coming from a small school, small town, there's probably not a lot of crazy plays that we ran, a lot of crazy formations, audible, stuff like that. But if you get to the next level, you're going to be doing that stuff and you need to know it. So is it is it um, true? Is it true, Neil, that you only had one route that you could run? The Lancer? <laughs> Hey, I was pretty good on the hitch. I could run a hitch with the best of them. Um, the Lancer was the bread and butter, though. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a sling, or the screen to slip out, like, go over top. It was like a little. It was it was like two hard steps forward, two across, and then you just kind of faded off of it. And it worked every time. Yeah, I mean, it did. I'll give you credit for that. Sixty percent of the time, it worked every time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Neil, I, I got a question for you. What what was that? I've, co- I've coached high school baseball. Um, I've been away for a couple of years, but what would you say the biggest difference is in athletes today, like this generation of athletes and athletes when you were playing at the high school level or even when you played in college? Like, what's the biggest difference? Because I can tell you, I, I noticed a huge difference when I coached, and I'm just curious. Yeah, um, it's actually funny you mentioned that because on Facebook today, I seen somebody started a, and be something that you guys probably talk about, but somebody started a debate best high school basketball player they'd seen play. And it was um, Dante and Dustin Piper. And then somebody commented about Jaron Cumberland being on there. All amazing, talented basketball players. Um, and you're going to go back and forth between, like, the era of, like, well, it was harder back then. And then people go, it's harder now. I think what the difference is from when I played or when, you know, 20 years down the road or 20 years ago to now – is the amount of participation that we got back in the day. Like, you may have been somebody, um, I don't know, for instance, like in flag football, like, or peewee tackle football. I felt like I was good. But there was also a kid that may not have been that good that still got, at least got the opportunity to play. And they could have blossomed. And by the time they got older, they developed, they hit puberty, all this and that. They were better ball players. And that's why I think we had a lot more talented ballplayers back in the day than what there is now, because now there's all these traveling teams, there's select teams. A lot of these kids aren't getting the opportunities to even participate in these activities, participate in sports. So whenever we get up to high school, high school sports, there might be five kids in one class that's playing one sport, playing baseball. When back in the day, you might have, you know, 12 seniors in high school that's your varsity baseball team back in the day because that's what they've done from fifth grade or from five years old to high school now you have kids that you know they they pick 10 kids to play travel baseball and those kids get burned out by the time they're in high school and there's four that's left and none of those kids that maybe possibly back in the day that didn't get the opportunity they could have been exceptional athletes at this point, but they just never did get the chance back in the day. So that's my personal thought is they just don't have the same opportunities that we had back then. Yeah. I I ran uh, the Mitchell's park sports league for one year and I was just amazed, man. Like when I was a kid, like the teams were full. There were, there were 12, 13 kids on a team. You had six, seven teams. I had to combine nine, 10, 11 and 12 year olds. And I was lucky to get two or three teams. So it is, it's crazy. Like kids, 
I don't know that they're if they're just not playing anymore. Like you said, they're going to do travel ball, and it's killing the local leagues, which in return kind of trickles into the high school years because, like you said, you kind of just develop those five or six athletes, and that's all you have at the high school level. Um, but it is crazy because my senior year, we started eight seniors on the baseball team. I mean, yeah. like, we all played all through, played city league. It, it's just so much different today, and it drives me crazy. But, I, you know, I don't know that it's going to change for the better anytime soon. Oh, I, I agree with you. I, let's, um, so who, they're trying to revamp that program now, um, kind of like what you've done, Jimmy. They're trying – the guy that's organizing that and orchestrating all that right now, He's trying to get that going. He's trying to revamp it and all this. And that. I just talked to him the other day, and he said there's like 70 kids signed up right now for summer baseball. And I'm like, wow, that's a good number. But then when I start breaking down, I'm like, that's 70 kids over T-ball, coaches pitch, B-league, A-league, girls and boys. That's that's it, nothing. I mean, we need 140 people. Yeah. Is Travis Howland the one running it now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I thought I'm, so. Pretty and, sure you know, over they're all trying. Them. They're trying to turn it around. And, I mean, I – I commend them for doing it. I mean, I did it for one season all by myself, no help, and it's a load, man. I mean, you're oh, yeah. really, it, it's a load, and just the parents run it for not only the kids, but they run it for people like me who I wasn't doing it for the money. I was doing yeah. it because I love the game, and I, they took the love out of it for me. So I just, uh, man, I hope it gets better and gets turned around. They, 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 I've, I've been asked a couple times to try to take over that baseball, and there's so much – like Jimmy, when you done it, that people probably didn't even see that you were doing. Baseball is a whole different beast, man. Like I put on the flag football league, and it's simple. You go out Sunday, you set up the field, you tear it down at the end, you play two or three games, you call it a day. Baseball, you got rain delays, you got makeup days, you got painting the painting the lines, you got mowing the grass, all that stuff. Like uh, you could, and for you to do it willy nilly, not be getting paid, like I commend you for that. Even if you done it for one year, if you done it for one day, like. Anybody that wants to take the opportunity out of their day to do something like that, you got to you got to pat them on the back because it's there's not a lot of people out there that want to. And I'm coming to find that there's not a lot of people that want to volunteer their time anymore unless there's something greater for them to receive out of it. There's yeah. not a lot of people out there anymore, and it, it sucks that that's what the, that's the world we've come to. But I mean, I'm not trying to sound egotistical or anything, but I truly enjoy volunteering stuff. I truly enjoy taking the time out of my day to go try to make something better. And if I don't get anything in return, that's fine. At least I can say I actually done it. But I think there's a lot of people, um, not going to name any names or anything, but I know one guy in particular, I uh, reached out to him to referee fly football for me this year. And he was like, he said, I'm not going to deal with that. He said, I'm not going to waste my time. It's like, well, you're not wasting your time. You're going to referee this game for these 60 kids to potentially find something that they enjoy and love. And that's why I need your help. I'm not needing your help. It's like, like, do you need me to pay you? All I want is like an hour out of your time once a week. And he couldn't give me that. And yeah. that's, that's unfortunately, I think, the society, that the world that we're living in right now. I know, is, what, I know what you mean, man. I, I mean, I kind of feel bad because you said volunteering. I basically did volunteer, but they did pay me, but I worked a ton of hours. So it was almost like volunteer work, man. Yeah, it is. It, it is. wasn't a ton of money. Um, but I, yeah, I see what you're saying though. Like I, I tried to go into the volunteer umpire thing and the parents just freaked out. Like they hated it. And I'm like, guys, like we don't, the city for one doesn't help in Greenfield. Like I'm not hating on the city. I mean, they do a lot of good things, but I feel like recreational sports. And I think that's what kind of this, um, what are they like a 501 
3C or something now with the uh, Mitchell's Park U Sports. But uh, I think that's what they're trying to do is turn it into something that they can be self-funded. Like they can pay for it themselves. So it is something good. But you yeah. have to have motivation to do that. And it's a struggle, man. I remember when you did the flag football um, out there. And I, I know, I mean, it's, it's all work, man. It, it's all a ton of work and volunteers are always needed. I could probably guess who you were talking about, but I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> this is not yeah, a, no point, no, no point name dropping. That. <laughs> this, this is not a podcast. That's the thing, man. Like it's if you just even like rep, even coaching high school football, like the amount of time or junior high football, whatever the the amount of time that you put in with the amount of money that you're getting paid, it's not worth it. You got to have you got to have it in your heart that that's what you want to do because you want to do it for the right reasons. If you're doing it for the money or whatever, it's not for the right reasons and you're not going to benefit of it because it's going to break down and get paid $5 an hour. Yep. So if you really truthfully, and like right now, Greenfield's in the process of hiring a new football coach. And I hope that whoever gets this knows that it's, it's not about the money. He's whoever they get, it's going to have their work cut out for them. And it's going to be a mental struggle, but it, as long as they're doing it for the right reasons, I think it's, It'll be beneficial for them, but if you're doing it for the money, then you're pissing yeah. them away. I agree, man. I, you know, I gave five years of my time to the high school program, and I, I started out as a volunteer coach for two years. Then I, you know, I got to be paid, but I got out of it because of life, but also because I felt like I wanted to win more than the kids. And I think that's a lot of what coaches struggle with today is yeah. that mentality that kids bring in. And some kids, it's not all kids. Some kids want to win, and you can tell on their face every day they show up. But there's a lot of them, man, that just go there. That it's just like a hangout. Special sports are supposed to be fun, but I don't know. I know you two like to win. I like to win. Um, you know, that's. I feel like that's gone though now. Like at some, some point, yeah. At some point, we gotta try to get back to that. It's. I mean, I love winning. I also understand the the point of getting more people to participate, but there's got to be some middle ground where that, that switch has got to flip because I mean, granted, if you're, if you're not winning, there's a lot of kids out there that are competitive. Like you just talked about, you can see it in their eyes that hate being part of a losing program. And that is true. I mean, we've seen it in Greenfield. We've seen people not want to participate in certain sport activities because And one of the things, Ren looks like he's dying to say something, but one of the things <laughs> I always noticed is, you know, like for me, I I wasn't the best athlete, but I enjoyed playing and I gave it everything I had, no matter what sport I played. And like it, it, my parents never were the kind of parents that were going to come in a dugout or on the court or out on the golf course and say, why is my son not playing? Or why is he doing this? Or why is he on the bench? Like, yeah. my dad, like I remember one time, like, uh, you know, I had a good game, like in baseball, went three for four, you know, it's like my sophomore year on the or junior year on the varsity team. After the game, I told my dad, I said, you know, I was like compliment myself. I was like, I had a pretty good game, didn't I, dad? He said, well, you struck out looking like that was the kind of guy my dad yeah. is. Like yeah. he, he, he looked at the bad part of my game because he wanted me to keep getting better and never have a big head. But like like today, the parents are so involved, man. Like let your like I just had a son. He's four months old. And one thing I'm going to try to do is let him learn from his own mistakes out there, like encourage yeah. him. But these these kids today, and it's not all of them, and it's not all the parents, but a lot of them. It's a lot. Think- <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, it's it's rough. Well, we'll let Ren talk to you. What you <laughs> have to say, but I, I agree with you, Jimmy. It's 
it's a lot. The parents are not easy to work with. <laughs> Before we got off on this tangent about volunteering and youth sports and whatever else you guys are talking about, I don't even remember what you said. You know, you love video it, went out. Huh? So what are you, you trying to you do? Is, is the lighting bad or what, Neil? What is it? Is the lighting bad or what? No, why? Do I look weird? No, you, you just turned off your video for a second, so I wasn't sure. No, if you were... I got 20% battery. Oh, no. <laughs> so we got to hurry up. <laughs> no, I, I got my plug in. I can plug it in. Okay. Um, so I, I, we, were, we were on your high school sports career, the last thing I remember talking about before we went off on this thing. Um, the first thing I remember about you in football, so you were a senior when I was a sophomore, right? I remember you yes. gave you gave me a pair of of receiver gloves my sophomore year. Do you remember that? Yeah, they were cutters. Cutters, cutters yep. yeah, yeah. And and I felt like you know you were you were kind of the senior and kind of looked up to you a little bit. Like that kind of propelled me a little bit. My first game, I remember that I had a catch in my first game. It felt good with the cutters on. So yeah. I, I gave you props for that, and you kind of turned me into this. And I'm gonna play another video for you if I can pull it up. Oh. Oh Lord! Do I, I, don't, I, I you, don't know if I can see the video, so you have to. Tell you probably this. can't. This, this is like the this is three five nation right here, Neil. Yeah, if I can pull it up, hold on a minute. Here we go. Same game, game, actually, man. Decker. You can't see it either. No, Perfect. I just see a white screen. Is it is it the one where you're running head first and you just get your legs taken out? And no, it's not that. It's the it's courthouse cool game it. where I went like thirty five yards. Oh, and then laid there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I was hit illegally, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's what I remember you from you for high school sports. Uh, but uh, after high school, you said you went to college for a, m- a little bit. Um, that wasn't, you know, what you ended up doing. Um, no. what, what happened after that? What, what did you do after the the college experience? Oh my gosh, dude! Um, I was like a tumbleweed, man. I I, I had no rhyme or reason, no direction. Um, a friend of mine, him and I at the time, when we was about 21, had discussed barber school. And um, I used to cut his hair in his garage. And we was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, in my heart, I'm like, I literally just flunked out of college. Like, I can't go right back into college again. Like, it's not going to work, um, especially at 21. And uh, so we kept putting it off, kept putting it off. Well, then he ended up joining the National Guard. And went off and done his thing. So then I'm like, well, I'm not going to start it by myself. Um, so, man, I had job after job. I was, man, I bartended, security guard, worked at a gas station, worked at a dog food factory, um, worked at Airborne. Good Lord. What else did I do? I know. Corner pharmacy, right? Well, I worked at Rite Aid. What got me in the pharmacy business was um, Lindsay Polly knew I needed a job, and she told me about this bald-headed guy at Rite Aid. She said, go talk to the bald-headed guy in the pharmacy, which is Rod, who is now a great friend of mine. Um, so I went back there. He hired me. Uh, worked there for about three years. And I, the only reason I left is because I wanted to coach high school football. So I had to leave there to work third-shift job at Greenfield Research so I could coach high school football. And um, coached that whole season with uh, Coach Clawson. We went 7-3 and three that year. It's a great year. And then um, – Was that a Matrosha's team, Neil? No, that wasn't Matrosha's team. That was uh, that was Thomas Schrader. Oh, um, no? Yeah. Thomas Schrader and uh, Nate Fortinet. 
Trev, yeah, all those guys. That's the year they barely missed the playoffs, right? Yep, they just barely missed it. Um, Dylan East, he was on that team. That kid was a nutcase, but, man, he could run the football. <laughs> oh, my gosh, he could run the football like an animal. But, um, but, no, the reason I left the last week of football, Eric Zent at Corner Pharmacy called me and asked me if I wanted to take over the medical equipment side of the, the pharmacy up there. And uh, I was like, well, football's ending. Well, why not? So football ended. The next week I started at Corner. And, I mean, honestly, Corner Pharmacy was a great job. It was a great job. And I probably would have made a career out of it. I was there for like five years and really tried to rebuild that whole medical equipment side of that place. Um, I felt like I'd done a good job at it. We had a good system going there. I got to meet with people every day and older folk got to go to their house and storytellers. I mean, I love that job. I really did. Um, but just with the way Medicare, Medicaid and reimbursements and stuff were, I knew there was no growth there. I was like, I've, I plateaued, like there's nowhere else I can go from here. And, uh, Man, I think even back then, I remember like talking about wanting to go to barber school and it was still in like, maybe I can work at the pharmacy. Maybe I go to barber school and work it, work it out. By that point, I started having children and uh, obviously time with them was more important. And uh, so I kept putting off. Well, then, like I said, with, with Medicare, Medicaid, not really paying us the pharmacy. I was like, well, I got to find something else. So I went to a gym and courthouse, started working at the gym and courthouse and that kind of spiraled everything, man. Like I, like I was there for three years, got to meet a lot of people, a lot of people in the courthouse I didn't know. And uh, that transitioned into me kind of finally was like, all right, well, I think I'm finally going to do this barber school thing because I've met a lot of people. I've built a lot of relationships in Greenfield, courthouse, the surrounding areas. I've kind of made a name for people know who I am kind of now. So I was like, maybe that was the time to do it. So I ended up going to barber school while I was still at the gym. And then the owner of the gym, she uh, she had wanted to come back to run the place. And I was going to go back down to part-time. And I was like, definitely can't afford to do that now. I was like, heck, I'm back on barber school, dad. I need a job. <laughs> I can do both. So um, transition, like, full circle. The guy that hired me at Rite Aid, the bald head guy at Rite Aid, at this point, bought a pharmacy and courthouse. So – he, I reached out to him, started working with him, finished barber school. And then three, I don't know, three months before I was graduating barber school, um, Kyler Kelly up at Super Sport Barbershop just happens to call the school that I was at and was like, hey, Ron, do you have anybody in our area that's about to, about, about to finish school? Ron's like, well, here, take the phone, Neil. So I get on the phone, barber and courthouse. He's like, hey, man, come talk to me. That's how it started, man. So you were- I, I went through I went through a lot, a lot, a lot of crappy jobs. Um, one job I got hit on by a gay guy that wanted to, wanted me to flash him in the van while me and him was driving around. I mean, I had some, I've had some experiences, man. But uh, all those um, all those little bumps on the chin, man, it, it it's paid off now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you were you were cutting hair, you know way before you even actually started working at Supersport, just out of your house, right? I mean, that's where I started I was, coming to you. Yeah. yeah, I guess I can say that now and not have to worry about getting turned in. But, um, yeah, man, like I started off in the in my bathroom. I had a, I had a chair and I uh, put it in my bathroom downstairs and the lighting was terrible, terrible lighting, but 
Um, in the barber world, lighting is key. So if you're going to be a barber, have as many lights as you possibly can. But um, yeah, and then like it transitioned to was having people coming in my bathroom. I was like, all right, this like I got to do something a little bit better than this. And I had a spot in my house, set up a really cool shop in my house. And uh, man, it started like Sundays, would, like Sunday was coming and I was cutting hair from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Sundays. Like I had an appointment book and everything. I was like, man, it's pretty wild. And then, uh, and then it would be like Thursday night. I'd get off work at the pharmacy, or I'd get home from barber school, and I'd have four appointments that night. And it just, and it just, it was wild. It was uh, one of those things. It's it's kind of weird. Like it's kind of weird when you're nervous about something, and you have the, you have this goal in your head, but it almost seems unreachable, and you're like you're a nervous wreck about it. But then you start gradually see it unfold and unfold and you start seeing it like in reach to grab. And you're like, holy shit, like this, is, this might actually happen like this. is, And that's how I started feeling like whenever I was still in barber school and I was cutting a lot of hair at home. I'm like, wow, like, OK, my like I said, like my personality, like what I've been through leading up to this. I'm like all these people that I've made friends with over the years are starting to come back get haircuts and now like maybe i finally found my calling and uh yes yeah, so then when i went up to uh finally took that job at the super sport barbershop man i had all the people that i met in courthouse i had my people that i were cut i was cutting up my house in greenfield and then other people from greenfield and then people from leesburg driving to courthouse and members from the gym coming to the barbershop i mean it was just it was honestly the perfect storm Whenever I finally finished barber school and I actually got in the shop, it was, uh, I, I still to this day can't believe, I still call myself the luckiest barber in the world because I can't believe it all happened the way it did. But, and now I'm sitting in my barber shop. <laughs> pretty yeah. wild. It's pretty wild, man. So, you're, so your time at uh, Supersport, like, you know, what did you learn from, I guess, Kyler uh, that you've, I guess, what's the most important thing you learned from him that you've, you've brought back with you to your own shop? Oh my gosh, man. I learned a lot from all those guys. Um, Kyler, obviously I've learned a tremendous amount from, um, with Kyler Kelly, I learned, you learn a lot of stuff. That's great. And you learn a lot of stuff not to do. And, um, I'm, I'm sure he'll fully agree with this, but, uh, I am a barber that I like spending time with the person. I, I'm not necessarily, I would call myself a perfectionist, but you like, like there's, a hair around somebody's ear, like I'm going to sit and nitpick at it for 20 minutes to make sure I got the damn thing off. And um, that's just the way I'm built. That's how I want to do things. Kyler is completely opposite. He's Tasmanian devil. He's doing as many haircuts as he can, get him out, get him out, get him out. It's perfectly fine. We both have two different styles the way we like doing things. Um, so that's one thing I learned. I learned I can't compete with this guy. I can't do that and put out the quality that I want to, I want to put out. He can. He puts out hellacious haircuts really, really fast, but he don't want to do the stuff that people can't get in Southern Ohio. You just got to drive to Columbus or a bigger city to get. I like offering that. He doesn't. So I learned kind of, I learned my lane, I guess, if you will. Um, but cutting old men's hair, Nate and Tyler up there, like I came in, I've butchered some old man haircuts whenever I first started up there and they let me do it. And I appreciate them now letting me do that because I learned 
how to properly do it now. And uh, that was a big thing that I learned from them. Um, and another big thing, I don't know if Kyler will watch this or not, but another big thing that I learned from Kyler is um, not letting your work take over your life. And I think he is finally seeing that now his daughter's getting older. Um, I think he's finally seeing, like, looking back, like, man, I missed a lot of stuff because I was chasing the next dollar waiting. Like, I was trying to get the next person into my chair, get the next person in my chair. And that's why I wanted to open my own shop. And that's why I've been trying to be pretty stern with my appointments. Like I have three little boys at home that I want to spend every waking minute with. And whenever I, whenever it's six o'clock in here, like I want to be out of here and I want to go make memories with my kids. And I think I learned that from Kyler and I think he would respect that and appreciate that. Um, but man, I learned, God, if I sat here, we'd have to sit here for another 25 minutes for me to tell you all everything I learned from that guy. But, um, time management, how to cut, you know, guys' hair, how to deal with customers, how to you know, business structure, how to run a business. I mean, there was times I would just sit back. I don't even know if he knew it or not, but there was times I would just sit back and watch him, watch how he, his demeanor on the phone, watch how like somebody might come in and want to talk business with him about something not even barber related. It might be about his pizza shop or his deli or his cars or anything. And I would just sit and listen to how you talk about stuff. And I feel like I became a better, I want to call myself entrepreneur, but a best, better businessman from Tyler because that guy is legit the best business brains I've ever seen in my entire life. The guy's got, got it going on. Um, so, yeah, I learned how to cut old men's hair from that guy, number one. But uh really just learned – learn time management, how I want to manage my time. And, uh, yeah, those are two big things I learned from him. And I mean, I, I truly have some serious, like in barbering, you call each other like your barber brothers and stuff like that. And I have some, some buddies at barber school that I still talk to on the regular. Um, but those three guys, Oz, Nate and Kyler, and, uh, even Norm, um, old Norm, like, I feel like those are guys that I could call anytime of the day. And if I needed to talk to somebody about something, I could talk to them about it. It don't have to be work-related, barber-related, nothing. Like, if I had something on my chest I wanted to get off, I truly feel like I could call them, and they would be right there to listen. Like, they're truly, truly brothers for sure. But, yeah, I miss them for sure. But uh, I, nice. I like what I got going on. Too. Yeah, it's nice, <laughs> nice to have your own place. Um, yeah. Who has the most difficult hair to cut that you've cut? Throw out, throw out who has the most difficult hair. Most difficult hair. Um... Well, I got this new kid. His name's Dal Moon. He's from Leesburg. This kid gives me some dude. I actually just posted a video yesterday of him. He's got uh, like this drop fade, thick black hair, with a, and he gets it bald around the bottom. That's tricky. I'm getting better at it. Repetition, repetition, repetition. That's one thing in the barbering world. You can't get complacent because there's always something new you can do to make it easier, make it better. And uh, haircuts are going to change like people change their underwear. And, uh, his is, his is very tricky. Um, my man Terrell over in Hillsborough, Terrell Cumberland, his hair. I've cut his hair since I was at home. Never have truly felt like I have perfected it. There's been times he leaves and I'm like, damn, that looks good. And there's been times that he's left and I'm like, oh, I would have had five more minutes. But truly, he sits in my chair for like an hour, so I can't spend any more time on him. <laughs> um, man, I got a guy. 
he's got like this bald spot on top of his head. It started to come down nowhere. So I got a like white patch. <laughs> you know who? Who is that? Uh, no, Ren, you're my boy, dude. Look at that. Yeah. There he is. Yeah. Your hair is not it's that kind of, bad, man. But you know, I it's kind of like my signature, hair, though. It's kind of like my huh? signature now. The, the, the white patch is like my signature. Everybody's like, is that real? Like, did you dye that? I'm like, what? why would I dye my hair white in one spot? Dude, if, if this legacy lineup takes off, there are going to be kids walking around with that patch. There's going to be a little wild <laughs> spot in people's hair. Yeah. They're going to be like, what's that from? It's from yeah. the law, man. That's from the law on legacy lineup podcast. I'm sure that's, that's what will happen. That's what will happen. Um, so on top of, of barber school and, and opening your own business, uh, you're also getting into some acting, Neil. What's up with that? You're an actor now? Or you're, you're doing commercials at least, right? So listen, I said I was the luckiest barber in the world. Um, I truly, uh, number seven is my favorite number. Always has been. I mean, I got tattooed on my side. I think luck is truly on my side. Um, I kind of fell into it. Would you hear that? Out of a lot of you, like a lot of actors, musicians, stuff like that, you hear like they just kind of fell into it. I truly did. Like we shut down at the barber shop for COVID. Um, we was working at a food truck, and uh, man, I just one day I, I this guy in courthouse, him and I start chatting. He does this stuff on the side, and uh, he's like, "Man, look, get some headshots." I'm like, "All right, like what do I need to do for headshots?" He's like, "Just take this kind of picture." Take this kind of picture. So I had my buddy Aaron Sharp, who was going places. I'm telling you, Aaron Sharp is going places with his photography. So look him up on Instagram. But um, I got a whole Sharpie. I was like, dude, I, I need some pictures done. He's like, all right, let's do it. So I got these pictures done. And uh, this Ray Anderson, he's like, hey, send them to this agency. I was like, all right. So I sent them to this agency. And he was like, if they get you on, he said, I've had – numerous people that's tried to get on with him they don't take them on he's like if they get you on we're going to talk I'm like all right so i had to do a model i had to do a monologue with this talent agency on a zoom because it was during covid and everything was shut down so i had to do a monologue and uh i done the scene from the notebook <laughs> can you do the scene and, for us uh, can you do the scene for us please hey how did it go um i'm gonna laugh i'm sorry no dude if, if you could get me started i could do it I don't know the It was the one like they're, they're fighting about like what do you want? What do you want? Like that one. And like it says, like, I you know, you're being a you're being a uh, pain in my ass and I'm being a stubborn son of a bitch or something like that. It's that scene. I'll rehearse it. If you ever have me back on the show, I'll rehearse it and I'll do it for you. But anyways, I must have done a good enough job because they, they took me on as a uh, they represented me. Um, so Ray, he's like, all right, look, Heyman signed you. I'm going to forward you to this guy. He's from LA. He lives in Pittsburgh. Now I'm going to forward you to him and see what can happen. This guy gets me a lot of work. I'm like, all right, let's do it. This guy gets hold of me. His name's, um, oh shit. The hell's Steven, Steven Black. His name's Steven Black. And I, being from a small town, I've never spoke to a guy like this. I've never met a personality like this. It's extreme. I, I mean, this guy is next level extreme. And uh, as soon as I get on the phone with him and start talking to him, he's like, where the fuck are you from? West Virginia? And I'm like, no, I'm from Ohio. 
And uh, man, he he straight up told me, he's like, look, if you're going to do anything, you're going to have to change the way you talk. And I was like, how, dude, I've been talking like this for 33 years. Like, how am I supposed to change the way I talk? And he's like, you're going to have to work on it. We'll get you acting classes, all this and that. I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, this was like late 2020. Yeah, hold on. This is like late 2020. And uh, after that, I um, didn't do anything, didn't land anything. And then February 2021, he calls me up. He's like, look, I got a shoot for you. It's in Pittsburgh, downtown Pittsburgh. You're going to do this shoot. Yada, yada, yada. So I show up, never done anything like this in my entire life. I had no clue what I was doing. And he straight up told me, he's like, just fake it. Act like you know what you're doing. Act like I've already told him you've done a hundred of these things. So I get there and I'm like, wow, like this is, um, this is next level. There's makeup artists. There's uh, wardrobe people, cameras all over the place, boom mics, all this stuff. I'm like, what am I getting into? And luckily all I had to do was basically sit at a, on a couch like I was basically quarantined at home working. So I just sit in front of this laptop and they're just tuck, 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 taking pictures of me. Well, then we had to go out in downtown Pittsburgh and walk all over the place. And they're just like, just, you know, look off into this place. We're going to take a picture of you. And I just made it. Like, I was like, all right. So I just, just faked it till I made it. And then that led to another thing and another thing and another thing. And I just kept landing jobs. And finally I landed a uh, commercial for, um, it was actually Enterprise Rental Car. Um, it was like a little spinoff called CommuteInfo.org. And I was the lead guy in this. And I was a nervous wreck because it was an actual commercial. It wasn't a shoot. There was actual like movements and gestures and stuff I had to do. And I remember doing the whole thing. Literally walked around in my boxers the whole day because I had to be in my boxers for this shoot. So I'm around, I don't know, 25 people that I don't know walking around in my boxers all day long. And, uh, I remember at the end of the day, I'm cleaning up, getting ready to leave, come back to Greenfield. And uh, it was just myself and the makeup artist in this room as I was picking up. And I was like, hey, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I got to ask you a question. She, I was like, was I any good at this? Like, I was like, this is the first time I've ever done a commercial. She was like, shut up. I was like, no, like dead serious. I was nervous directly into this. She was like, I never would have been able to tell. She was like, you, you've done great. I'm like, all right, maybe, uh, maybe I'm on to something. So I'm leaving out of that room to walk downstairs. I was in this residential house. And I'm walking down the steps and I hear somebody say, where's he at? And somebody said, oh, he's gathering his stuff upstairs. So I'm like, well, they're clearly talking about me. So I come downstairs and these people from Enterprise Rental Car are like, they're like, all right, hey, Neil, Neil, like, thank you so much. You've done great. All this and that. And the, like the main guy, like the marketing guy comes up. He's like, you're our guy, man. You're going to take this to the next level and all this stuff. I'm like, Holy shit. Like, I'm like, am I going to be like flow from progressive? Like I'm going to be the next, I'm going to be the enterprise rental car guy. And uh, Neil from enterprise. Yeah, exactly. Right. Dude, That's my hashtag for this. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, it was wild how it all played out, man. And, uh, since then, like I've, I've met a lot of awesome people. Um, some, uh, same thing kind of in the barber industry. I got some people in this industry now that I, I truly feel like are great friends. Um, I could reach out to them anytime I wanted to for questions, answers, concerns. And um, I've talked to several of them and they're like, man, your first year, like you've done this many things your first year. And they're like, that's unheard of. Like I've done one or two things my first year that I got into this thing. And you've done, I mean, I lost track, like 12, 15 different jobs in one year. 
And uh, granted, this year, I mean, it's February already. I haven't, I haven't actually landed anything yet, but it wasn't until about midway through February that my emails just started filling up with auditions. So I've been sending them out. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, <laughs> I didn't land anything. My first job wasn't until mid February last year. So we'll see what happens. But you have the chance. Been- you had the chance to take your, you had the chance to take your son on on one of those auditions as well, right? I did, yeah. We actually that was a blast, man. We had to go to Pittsburgh for uh, it was another kind of like sister company of Dick's Sporting Goods, and uh, that was something. So I actually have I have a bucket list, and on that bucket list I had I wanted to be in a commercial one day, and um, man, here comes this um, public land shoot, and my son and I were in it, and it was a two day shoot. It was amazing. It was really cool. And uh, had like a trailer in the whole nine. Like it was, it was pretty wild. And um, then lo and behold, three weeks later, it was a quick turnaround. Like I'm on a, I'm on TV one day. I was at the barbershop at the courthouse and I seen the commercial online, but I hadn't like, that was it. I hadn't seen on, saw it on TV. And then, um, yeah, I'm in the shop and I hear like a little jingle at the beginning of the commercial. I look up, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, here it is. So like everybody in the barbershop stopped and we're all sitting there watching. I was like, this is pretty freaking cool. And then it started showing like every high state game it was playing. So people would like screenshot it, post on Facebook. So yeah, that was a, that was a bucket list thing that I, I always wanted to do was like be in a commercial and at 34 years old, I knocked it off the list. So I'm like, it's it's pretty neat. So that's pretty cool. That was fun, man. Fun stuff, bud. Fun stuff. So you're it's, gonna uh, so you're gonna continue on that path uh, along with your barber, uh, your barber shop that you've opened, Legends Barbershop. You want to throw out some information about your barber shop to let people know what they can do to get a hold of you? I could probably do that. Um, so basically, Legends Bar Legends Barbershop, six hundred six North Washington Street in Greenfield. Um, you can do a couple options. You can you can walk in and make an appointment with me. Now, when I say walk in, you can't walk in and just sit down and wait for a haircut. You can walk in. If I have time, I'll get you. Um, but you can make an appointment with me um, on that way, or you can get on the Booksy app. Very simple app. Download it on your phone. Search Neil at Legends Barbershop. It'll bring up all my availability, all my times, the times I'm in here. Um, and then you just select what service you want. For like instance, Ren, whenever you do it, it's uh, haircut, beard trim for 30-minute appointment. You see what I have open for that? Click on it, confirm it. Show up, get it done. Yeah, I'm trying not to uh, try not to put my phone number out there too much because I don't want to be on my phone all day trying to answer phone calls. But uh, hopefully, there's a couple options that I that I have for customers work out for them. Yeah, I think the Booksy app is definitely the easiest and most convenient for people because you can go on there and see what oh, your schedule yeah. is, see what you have Absolutely. available. Absolutely, yeah. It's super. It's super easy to work with. It's super simple. To, I mean, there's really no better option. I don't think so. I mean, I have to pay like 30 bucks a month to use it and it's probably the best 30 bucks a month I spend every, every month. It's great. But there's a lot of big things happening this, this spring when the weather finally breaks, um, I have a huge parking lot out here. Um, I'm going to try to get a half court basketball court put on the left side of the building over here. So, you know, if I have a father son coming in, I can knock the kid's hair out real quick. They can go outside and play basketball and then the dad can chill, drink my beer and hang out while my son's outside playing ball. Um, going to get a little patio port out front, maybe put a little fire pit out there where people can chill, sit by fire, hang out, um, working on getting some food trucks in, um, 
talking to a buddy of mine, well, Jared Haynes, talking to him at uh, Coach McGoat's Bar and Grill. He's going to maybe set up a little uh, smoke, smoke shack out here, um, which would be great for the community. We don't have a whole lot of options to eat around here, so they can um, – I can hopefully get down here. I, I want it to be, kind of be a little destination spot, man. I know Greenfield don't have a lot, but even if it's just a barbershop, you want to come hang out and shoot the breeze. And hopefully I'm going to have another guy in here with me this summer as well. So then I can start maybe taking in some walk-ins at that time. Um, we'll, we'll play that by ear, but it's going to be a lot of things happening down here at Old Legends Barbershop this, this when the weather finally breaks. So I'm excited about it. Well, I'm excited about it too because I get to come and get some uh, some fresh cuts every once in a while. Exactly, brother. Um, no, but, I'm, I'm, Jimmy's got that little kid now too, so now he's got, got two, hopefully, two new customers. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I'm a hater, but I'm a great clubs guy. I know that's oh Lord! <laughs> oh I mean, Lord! I work in Hillsboro. They go right after work, but uh, I'm not saying it's out of the question though. Yo, we can definitely Uncle cut my son. Sheesh. You pass yeah. Uncle Bucks, you pass Big Wheels Barbershop, and you pass Legends Barbershop. You go to Great Clips, Jimmy. You know, they pay their workers $12 an hour to work at Great Clips, Jim. Sorry. Yeah. It's not a very uh, lucrative job. Uh, but man, I've always went there. I don't know. We are a, uh, we are a sports podcast, Neil. Uh, we try to be at least. Um, and you have a very interesting sports fan um, group of teams that you support. It's kind, of, it's, it's very weird, I, and I don't know how this all got started with you, Neil. How it all transpired. But you're like a Florida Gators fan for college sports. You're a Raiders fan for the NFL. Like, how did this all happen, Neil? Listen, I'm gonna plug me in here real quick. So back off. Um. So basically. Look at that McLean Tigers back there. But um, so Raiders. The way I became a Raiders fan was I had a childhood friend. Now I tell you this this podcast is the circling the circle of life, I'm telling you. But I had a friend growing up. He was a couple years older than me. I looked up to him, and uh, he was a Raiders fan. So anytime him and my brother were hanging out, we played football stuff like that in the backyard. Like he always wanted to be the Raiders. So I'm like, you know what? Luke is a cool dude. I'm looking up to him. He likes Raiders. I like the Raiders. And that's how that's how it happened. And since then, I've been a Raiders fan forever. Um, the Atlanta Braves. So that was kind of, I wouldn't say it was a bandwagon type thing, but back in the 90s, like the Braves were good. And um, Chipper Jones, like I love Chipper Jones. He was just that guy. Like he was laid back. He wasn't real showy. Like, he wasn't primetime Deion Sanders or any of those kind of things like that. He just showed up, played ball, and he was good at it. And um, I love I loved that about him. And then um, kind of on the other end of that was uh, Kenny Lofton. I was always a big Kenny Lofton fan. And he was number seven. And that's my mom and Kenny Lofton are the reason why I love number seven because that's, that's what number he was. So anytime in Little League Baseball, I always try to get number seven because of Kenny Lofton. Um, but that's pretty much why I like the Braves, and they were good back then. Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tommy, uh, Tom Glavin, Era, Fred McGriff, Chipper, David Justice. Man, that was a team back then, dude. They were studs. But, they, just, they just won um, the World Series, right? They yeah, just won the World Series last 90, year. No, they just won oh, last, yeah, last year. Oh, yeah, last year they won it, but that year I think it was like 95, I think, or something like okay. that. Okay. But 
anyways, that's why that's why I like the Braves, and I've just always cheered for them since. I mean, and then um, the Florida Gators. So the reason I like the Gators, I I always say it was because I was born in Florida. Um, that's not really relative. I lived there for a year. I mean, my my parents moved me to Greenfield when I was one, so I can't really use like justify that as why I'm a Gators fan. The reason I'm a Gators fan is when I was little, my dad took me out to Mitchell's Park to go fishing. And we went out there. I caught this huge bass. And that was back to Mitchell's Sporting Goods days, right? When you'd go there, you'd catch a fish, you'd kill a deer or something, you'd go get your picture taken with him, right? So my uh, dad took me over there. I got a picture holding this bass, and I had a Florida Gators T-shirt on. I was probably I had a blonde bowl cut. I was probably five years old, six years old, something like that. And I always remember my dad always saying that was his favorite picture of me. And I had that Gator shirt on, so I just became a Gators fan. And that's why I always liked Gators after that. And then, obviously, then I had Tebow, and he was awesome. And, uh, and yeah, I was, I was not a very liked person my freshman year of college in the dorm because that was the year that Florida beat Ohio State in basketball and in football. Yeah. So I, I, was, I was definitely hated that year. But a lot of people I thought I think thought it was like a bandwagon thing. Like I'm not really ever been a bandwagon person on anything, really. I mean, I guess basketball, you could say I kind of was because I was a Shaq fan. So wherever Shaq went, that's who I liked. So whenever Shaq was with the Magic, I liked him. Whenever Shaq was with the Lakers, I liked him. Shaq went to the Celtics, I freaking liked him. When he went to the when he went to the Suns and the Cavs, I was kind of like, well, I can't really, eh, don't really like those guys, but. Um, since Shaq retired, man, like my son asked me all the time, like, Daddy, who's your favorite team? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, Spurs. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have an NBA team anymore. But I don't either. Yeah, that's man, that's pretty much how how it all transpired, man. Like I'm a Raiders guy through and through. Always will be. Um, Gators fan, I probably always will be. Baseball, I mean, I mean, I can't you can't beat the Braves. It's Georgia. It's Atlanta. It's nice. So do the boys? Do the boys kind of follow you in your footsteps? Are they Raiders fans? Are they Braves? My fans? oldest, my oldest, pretty much is like a lump on my ass, man. He's uh, he's anywhere I go, he's he's there. I mean, he's um, he's a Raiders fan. He's got his own. He's got a little bit of his own makeup. I mean, he uh, he likes some of his own teams, but he he comes back to whatever dad likes. So he's a Raiders guy through and through. Um, I'm not really sure about baseball. I'm going to be interested to see that. He hasn't really taken to baseball, so with him playing this year, I'll be interested to see if he really takes on to it. I hope he does. But um, basketball, he's kind of uh, – he's he's been a big Milwaukee guy the past couple of years because of Giannis. And then I think last year, then winning the championship, really excelled that love for them. But he really likes Luca too, so – which is, I think Luca's a good role model for kids. I think he's a, he's a good athlete to look up to, so I'm cool with that. Um, my five-year-old, he is a Panthers fan. Yeah, I think he just likes the collars. But um, we got him a we got him a Keekly jersey actually for for Christmas, and he wears that a lot. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Luke Keekly is another. That's that's a thing, man. I guess I could be a sappy dad moment right now, but like, if my kids like an athlete that you can actually legit look up to, I got Luke Keekly. I mean, come on, it don't get much better than him. Yeah, and I, he was a high boy too, but um. Like Giannis, I think Giannis does the right things. I think he's a, he's a good role model for for kids to look up to. I mean, 
he didn't have like the luckily there's not a whole lot of the Dennis Rodmans or um you know those kind of Charles Oakleys and stuff like that like there was when we were growing up so yeah luckily a lot of these guys are good role models for the most part until they get you know all political and stuff but right you'll have <laughs> well, we don't we don't <laughs> but get yeah man that's how, I, uh, that's how I became the the weird fan <clears throat> of the teams that I enjoy it's always been so interesting to me. I, I never knew the story of how that happened, so I guess now I know. So there you go. I man. guess I can't make too much fun of you anymore for who you support. Yeah, um, it was. I mean, it, it's weird why I like them, but that's that's truly that's truthfully the reason why. I can't think of any other reason why I like them, but that's that's it, man. Well, Neil, I'm we will. I'm a I'm a sympathetic, sentimental. Just man, I wear my heart on my sleeve, friend. You should know that. Don't start crying. I'm a softy. Don't start crying. Um, <laughs> so last question for you. Um, are we able to use Legends Barbershop as one of our sponsors? We, we don't have sponsors, but I did a little ad for our podcast with all the fake, yeah. you know, Toast Magoats is on there. One of them, I do an ad read for the podcast. So can we use Legends? Do you have a slogan? What's your slogan? Oh, yeah. It's um, your haircut is our legacy. That's great. All right. I'll throw yeah. that into the end of this video. Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah, dude, you can use whatever you want. Let me know. I'll get you some swagger over there. That you can wear I got to get you. One. I got to get you some, a sticker too, as well, with, with our logo yeah, on it. Let's do it. I'll slap it. Slap it right here. All right. <laughs> well, up here. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you being on. Uh, it's been fun. Hey, this to, is fun. This is fun. You guys are doing a good thing, man. I'm jealous of you. I think it's 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 got to be a well, good you, time hanging out with your buddy doing this kind of stuff. You said that you were going to start your own podcast. You want to throw that out there? What your your idea behind <laughs> that was? Dude, we still got to talk about that. We still got to talk okay. about that. All right. Mine, I, I thought I it was a good like, idea. I think it's a great idea, and I want to do it. It's just I got to figure out. Maybe when the weather breaks, like I said, I got a lot of plans. Um, things are finally starting to hit a, I guess, a balance here. Um, yeah. The first couple months in here was just trying to, like, just was kind of a whirlwind. So now it's finally starting to, like, balance out. I can start doing some other fun stuff like that. But I'm telling you. The, the weekly snip is the greatest idea of all time. Yeah, it is. Talk about, it, the, talk about it, the premise real fast. So the weekly snip, you would do once a week, you'd get a hold of somebody that's had a vasectomy and you bring them in and you just interview them about their story is it could be a half hour podcast and you're going to literally be crying from laughing so hard. I have not heard a, a vasectomy story that just went nonchalantly like, Oh, you know, it was fine. There's always something. It don't matter if it's during the procedure, prepping for the procedure, two days after the procedure, there's always something. And you, I could do two podcasts. One would be like the, the Legends podcast, and then the other one would be um, the Weekly Snip, man. It'd be so good. <laughs> uh, I think about it all the time. When, you know, when there's moments when you can't sleep at night and you're laying in bed tossed and turning, that's the kind of stupid stuff I think about. Well, I think it's a good idea. I think it's creative. So I yeah. think it could be um, funny and interesting for people to listen to. But uh, once yeah. again, Neil, thanks you for got, coming on. You got two kids now, too. So yeah, you I should do. be getting snipped soon. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a while, buddy. Not for a while. Uh, but thanks for coming on, Neil. We appreciate it. Um, it was good to, good to talk to you again. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. you guys. This was fun. I appreciate you, Jimmy. Thanks, Ren. Yeah, thanks, Neil. We'll see you guys. All right. So Neil is going to log off here, and we will wrap up our 
last couple minutes here on the Legacy Lineup. It's been quite a long episode, Jimmy. I don't know if you've uh, checked the time, but we're about a, an hour and 15 minutes in so far. So long for us. Um, we usually don't go this long, but uh, good to talk to Neil. Um, you know, he's he's got an interesting story, and he's one of those people. I, I, I want to bring people on to talk to him, to tell their story, and he, he has an interesting one, so I thought it'd be cool to talk to him. So um, good to have him. But Kind of the plans for us here in the future. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we will have another guest coming on. Uh, I did confirm with him last night. So Brian Pitzer will be our next guest. that will be joining us the week of March 6th, I think, through the 11th. So uh, Brian will be on with us one night that week. Uh, and we'll post that on YouTube, of course, and also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, so that's kind of what's coming up for us. Another kid from Greenfield, Brian, who's a uh, year younger than me year older than you, so he's kind of in between us. Um, he went on to uh, Norwood High School where he works um, and coaches football there. So uh, he's got a lot of interesting stuff to share as well, and we're excited to have him next time. So anything you want to say, wrap it up, Jimmy? Wrap it up for us, buddy. No, man, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, I'm excited to bring Pitt on. Uh, good for, he was a good friend of mine in high school. I haven't talked to him for a long time, so it'll be fun to catch up. Um, and I think we got some good stuff in the works, man. I think uh, – you know, bringing not only these Greenfield people on, but we're, we're going to try to get some people on in the future. And it's going to be fun. I think it's really going to get our podcast out there. And people are going to be interested in listening because of the stories. I mean, like Neil's stories. No one knows that stuff. And right. uh, now they're going to hear it and probably enjoy it. So thanks for coming on, Neil. Uh, we all appreciate it. Neil, or Ren, you can wrap us up. For sure, man. So this has been the Legacy Lineup with Ren Lawl and Jimmy Barnett. We'll be back next time with Brian Pitzer. This episode is brought to you by Lakeside Real Estate and Auctioneers, LLC. Totes my goats, bar and grill. Our barbecue is the goat. And Legends Barbershop, your haircut is our legacy. Mm-hmm.